Most people know that Law Matters was created to open the lines of communication with law enforcement, as well as create educational opportunities so we can be better, more informed citizens. For the last several months, all the news stations have been promoting a negative mindset towards the entire law enforcement community. I agree that some of the recent events are beyond egregious. However, those events do not represent the vast majority of the brave men and women who risk their lives daily to keep the rest of us safe. I'm asking you to please, next time you see a member of law enforcement, show some appreciation and thank them for their service. Now, let's start the show. Good morning. My name is Sherry Oz, and I'm the special agent in charge of the DEA Phoenix Field Division, serving the entire state of Arizona. I will be your morning host today, and I'm so happy to be here with you on this beautiful Arizona morning. Our dear friend and host, Sherry Harrison, is taking some well-deserved time off, but we have some really interesting things to talk about. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone that today is DEA's 24th National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day. From 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. today, this event offers free and anonymous disposal of unneeded medications at 85 collection sites throughout the state of Arizona. They're open from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. For more than a decade, DEA's National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day has helped Americans easily rid their homes of unneeded medications, those that are old, unwanted, or expired, some of which can be a gateway to addiction. I was reading that last year we lost two-thirds of teens who misused pain relievers in the past year say they got them from family and friends, including their home medicine cabinet. It is so important for all of us to safeguard our medications and dispose of the unneeded ones. We lost over 107,735 people to drug poisonings and overdoses last year. And nearly 70% of those deaths involved opioids. At the take-back sites, we will collect tablets, capsules, patches, and other forms of prescription drugs. Collection sites will not accept syringes, sharps, or illicit drugs. Liquid products such as cough syrup should remain sealed in their original containers, and the cap must be tightly sealed to prevent leakage. So stop by, please go to a take-back location today. Did you know that DEA is hiring special agents? Did you know that you just might be qualified? Well, DEA is hiring special agents, and we are looking to hire nearly 1,000 DEA special agent positions over the next two years. We are experiencing a fentanyl crisis that is impacting every single community and touching each of us in different ways. I'm hoping you'll want to join our team and help save lives. It is truly one of the best jobs. So this morning, I brought along with me some very special, 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 special agents. Special Agent Melissa Lee is our recruiter and two of DEA's finest special agents, Special Agent Justin and Special Agent Sam. All right, Special Agent Recruiter Melissa Lee, why don't you start and tell us a little bit about yourself? Good morning. Um, Again, my name is Melissa Lee, and I am a special agent assigned to our Phoenix Division office. I am currently the special agent recruiter for the Phoenix Field Division, and that covers all of Arizona. 
Uh, I was originally hired out of San Antonio, Texas, approximately five, 25 years ago. Um, I was the or was a felony court advocate for the Bear County District Attorney's Office when I joined the DEA team. And that was in 1998, and I've been in Phoenix, Arizona ever since. <laughs> so, Melissa, as the DEA Special Agent Recruiter for Arizona, can you explain the application process and what it takes to become a DEA Special Agent? Yes, the application process um, is currently, uh, you have to contact our Special Agent Recruitment Unit in Phoenix by emailing our special agent recruitment mailbox that email address is phoenix special agent recruiter at dea.gov to obtain a special agent application package Um, that package consists of a resume college transcripts a drug and occupational questionnaire that needs to be filled out and returned to us. Uh, if you're a current military or recently separated, we need a DD-214. And if you're a current federal employee, we need an SF-50 submitted with your application package, which then gets reviewed by our headquarters recruitment team. They determine whether or not you meet the minimum qualifications to begin the hiring process. Uh, generally speaking, a four-year degree with a GPA of 2.95 or higher is required to qualify. However, we are accepting um, applicants who have a, a minimum of three years of specialized law enforcement experience. Uh, they could utilize that specialized law enforcement experience to substitute the degree requirement Uh and begin the application process. Uh, Just to touch lightly on our application process, it involves first phase one, which is a physical fitness test, which consists of sit-ups, push-ups, 300-meter sprint, a mile and a half run. Phase two is a written assessment. Phase three is a panel interview. And then we sort of have a shotgun of assessments after that, which consists of a medical exam, a psychological assessment, a polygraph examination, and then somewhere in there, a background investigation is conducted. Wow. So in looking at hiring nearly a thousand agents in the next two years, how long does the process take between the time you apply and the time you go to Quantico? It it has um, improved significantly over recent years. It is now taking approximately one year from the date you submit your application to the date you go to the academy, uh, give or take a few months. Uh, it greatly depends on the success of each applicant at each phase and how um, if they're available to come in and conduct the testing when those opportunities are presented. So I know that DEA special agents have to sign a mobility agreement. Can you explain to me what that agreement is and and what it involves? Sure. Uh, Individuals that are selected for a position um, of special agent are required to sign a mobility agreement, and they are subject to any domestic DEA uh, facility based on the needs of DEA. However, our current selection process for that permanent duty station 
it has changed recently and it's been uh, well received and I, I believe that this process will remain in effect. But basically, um, special agent applicants, before they accept a final job offer, before they go to the academy, before they leave their current place of employment, they are able to select their permanent duty station. And how that looks is uh, the applicant would receive a list of locations throughout the country that have availability. They will choose seven division offices that have a vacancy available. And then headquarters will review that list of seven locations and they'll determine based on that list where the needs of the agency are greatest. And they'll provide that applicant a list of three locations, specific locations for the applicant to choose one from. And wherever that applicant chooses of the three locations, the one they choose will be where they are permanently stationed at after the academy. So now you said you stayed in Phoenix now for 25 years as a special agent. If you wanted to go back to San Antonio or or to another location, would that have been available to you? Could you have done that? Yes, and and that's one of the great things about DEA and why I initially hired on was the um, opportunities to travel, not just in the United States, but around the world. We have the largest footprint available um, than any other federal agency. Um, however, I I just have really loved working in Phoenix. Uh, I have several family members who live in Arizona, and um, you know after settling down and starting a family your career path sometimes changes so um i've enjoyed uh, my career in arizona and have no regrets on that so what are the most important qualities that we dea are looking for in our applicants well dea is seeking a diverse workforce and we're not necessarily looking for prior law enforcement or military um, applicants although that is very helpful but dea is seeking certain qualities that they've determined make a successful special agent those qualities are um, individuals who have good judgment and problem-solving skills People who are flexible and able to adapt to changing situations. Uh, Individuals with courage and integrity who possess good interpersonal skills. And individuals that are team-oriented, self-disciplined, and and really self-motivated. So for all our listeners who are ready to apply right now today, what do you recommend? Well, we are hiring. We are aggressively hiring. Um, we have a very focused mission, and that is to save lives. And we need every special agent uh, position filled to accomplish that mission. I would recommend that special agent applicants um, uh, first contact uh, our special agent recruitment unit to obtain a preparation guide that really explains the application process so that they can be as successful as possible throughout our application process. Um, the special agent application package would be emailed to them so they could start preparing and submitting that application package. But I would suggest before submitting their application that applicants um, really review the physical fitness requirements because those requirements uh, are needed to 
pass phase one. If you're unable to pass phase one, then your your application is closed. And then you would have to wait until the next vacancy announcement to reapply. So we want applicants to be successful once we receive their application because that uh, physical fitness test is the first phase and it's conducted within the first 60 days and they have two opportunities to obtain a passing score. Um, that's the one test where applicants know the questions and the answers to the test before they apply. Uh, so we suggest that they review that in detail and practice the test before applying and then submit their application package before the close of the vacancy announcement, which will be on December 31st. Again, um, the special agent application mailbox is Phoenix special agent recruiter at dea.gov to obtain that information and to check those pt requirements uh, they can go to dea.gov they can or they can email that uh, mailbox and we will send them the full details as to what that physical fitness test involves exactly perfect thank you thank you melissa thank you now let's talk to special agent justin He's a DEA special agent that works in our Phoenix office. Special Agent Justin, can you tell our listeners about yourself and what did you do before you became a DEA special agent? Hey, Sherry. Thank you. I'm excited to be here this morning. Thank- You're welcome. Oh, Siri's talking to me. Let's uh, turn that <laughs> off there. Um, so I got into law enforcement maybe a little bit later than, than most. I was kind of in my early 30s. Um, so I had the opportunity to get a variety of work experience. I, I don't know, worked as an electrician, worked for a computer company as well. Um, we kind of built computers and servers for small to medium business. Um, then I even got into the education sector a little bit and worked as a counselor and worked on, uh, completing my bachelor's degree in accounting, um, I was on my way towards becoming a, a CPA and until my brother-in-law joined the Border Patrol and he started telling me all of these stories uh, about, you know, arresting individuals out in the desert and seizing lots of marijuana and, and you know, getting paid to hike and four-wheel drive. And it was, you know, needless to say, he, he got my attention and... At that time, I was sitting in a cubicle for eight hours a day, and um, you know, the two years of stories, I, I finally decided to apply with the Border Patrol, and so after a couple of years um, going through that process, I ended up getting hired in 2012, and I was a Border Patrol agent in Nogales, Arizona, and I did that for about five years, and then joined the DEA. And I've, I've been at the Phoenix office uh, since then. Um, my, you know, my time in the Border Patrol was very enjoyable, and uh, very grateful for my prior work experience in in education. That's I've been able to leverage to become a uh, a good investigator. That's a good story. So, what motivated you to become a DEA special agent? Well. Um, Kind of where I got uh, started, right in the border patrol, you really get a you know firsthand experience of what um, 
the cartels are are doing um, and how they're affecting our country and bringing drugs into the country. And so with that, I, I had a couple of DA friends and they, we'd, we'd compare stories, talk about, you know, how we're seizing different drugs and, and things like that. And, um, I saw there was a different strategies in order to go to, a, you know, tackle that stuff. And, so that you know from hearing their experiences that's what got me really interested in in the DEA. So since joining DEA, what have you what have you done? You've stayed in Phoenix your whole career and what kind of assignments have you you worked? So I I started off in a group um it's called the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force and we employ techniques that are more long-term in nature and um kind of resulting in large takedowns or we do a roundup um, with these organizations that cover the entire country and you know from so that was a great experience doing wiretaps and um, those long term investigative techniques Um, and then I joined a group where we focused more on local impact um, where our operations a little bit more quick in nature leading to a large amount of seizures uh, in the Phoenix area. Um, and so there, with that, two different types of uh, ways that we do work at the DEA, and uh, it's a great opportunity to kind of experience both of those. So tell me about a typical day in the life of, a, of, a, of you, of a special agent. Um, so our, our typical day... Um, it, it it can change, right? We've got to be um, ready for a variety of different situations. Um, we definitely do our best to kind of intro- control when we do take enforcement action. Um, but as that information changes, we've got to be ready at a moment's notice. Um, you know, so we, we go over, um, we look to target the most notorious drug traffickers in the area, um, those that are involved in narco-terrorism, and so, you know, we do a lot of surveillance. We were kind of following the drug tra- trade and gathering information and kind of arresting those individuals that are uh, really kind of affecting uh, our country and the drug problem here in America. And do you feel like the work that you're doing in your community is impactful? Do you feel like you are protecting the United States? Definitely, definitely. I I think the the fentanyl epidemic that we've experienced has touched all of our our lives, um, even quite personally. And uh, it, it can happen in such an innocent manner, uh, no matter how you may get involved with that. Um, so. In my limited, you know, role as a, a DA agent, I'm able to, you know, affect the lives of, you know, not only my family that I work with, that I'm, uh, that I love and care about, but the community in general. And then, compared to your previous life, sitting in a cubicle for eight hours a day, do you miss that at all? Do you miss the um, that time? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the DA is it, it's been a lot of fun. Um I 
we do have the opportunities to, you know, do lots of paperwork, right? Um, there's the administration part of the DEA, um, but you pair that with uh, opportunities to get out into the street and and really make a difference. It's it's enjoyable. I know for myself, I was a, a police officer before I, I joined the DEA, and he and I, I felt that a career in law enforcement was not really a job. It was a calling, and I think I tried to deny my calling for a while because I thought I would do something else. Um, and I found myself returning back to this this need to serve, to serve my community, to serve uh, my country. And do you feel that same way? Do you feel like law enforcement is, is a calling? Definitely, definitely. Um, I, like you said, I think some of us are just kind of built that way that we feel like we need to stand up for those that maybe taken advantage of. And as I think of, you know, those that are looking to make money off of the, uh, you know, feeding on others' addictions, um, you know, we really can make a difference in the DEA. Um, And then I know you personally that you have a family and a a large family. How do you find your work-life balance? And how do you cope with being a, a husband, a parent, and also being a DEA special agent. Well, that that is truly, I, I think, one of the the biggest challenges. Um, the, you know, if it wasn't for my great wife, right, the, those that allow us to to do our jobs that we're passionate about, uh, without her, it would it would be impossible. Um, but yeah, the work life balance is super important. Um, and it, it's tough when you really enjoy your job, right? We're, we do things that are very exciting. Um, we get, you know, that adrenaline rush every day, um, as we are arresting individuals that are, you know, doing things that they shouldn't. And, um, you know, with the job being demanding, um, it's, you know, very important. So one more question. DEA is also a family. And can you elaborate a little bit about that? You can call us dysfunctional if you want. <laughs> well, like you said, I, I have a large family myself. Um, I have to use both hands to count the number of kids that I have, right? Um, and I, I came from a large family. So between all the nieces and nephews, you got, you know, the aunts and uncles and all, all that uh, we've had our fair share of drama that I experienced with and so DEA is a family right we've got we are you know the full sense of that word but what is uh, truly amazing um, in when a crisis or tragedy happens um, DEA is that, that family and I had the opportunity to experience firsthand what that looks like and um, sometimes as, a you know, working for an employer, you may not feel that you have support in order to take care of those that you love. And from the top down, I, I really feel that that is, uh, something that is very important to management at DA is taking care of each other. That's good to hear. Did, uh, do you have a favorite day at DEA? Is there a day you want to tell us about like your, your best day? <clears throat> There's so many days, right, um, that are a lot of fun. <clears throat> but one time, um, I was on that 
task force, right? They did more long-term investigations and uh, we were listening to a, a several individuals that were, you know, selling and distributing drugs, uh, not only in Phoenix, but across the country. And uh, one of the guys that we were listening to was in Mexico and he ended up coming into the United States. And so we were able to kind of uh, in, set up our investigation in a way that we were able to arrest him when he got into the United States. And that was somebody that was controlling a large operation. And man, I, I wouldn't have had that opportunity as a border patrol agent, right. To really arrest somebody that was bringing in enormous amounts of drugs into the country. Yeah. And, if, and the future of this country. And, you know, when I started my law enforcement career, I was not a parent and uh, I became a parent as a, a special agent. And I found that once I was a mom, our mission mattered more because it wasn't just my community, but it was my own children and the schools, the community that my kids grew in and your kids. And it, it mattered more. And I think I got more passionate as as my career progressed, in part because I grew and matured and became a mom, which I think changes things. Um, how do you feel about your, your level of passion now compared to when you first started as a as a young special agent? Oh, I don't know. With maturity, right, You life is different. Um, I think initially, as I was in law enforcement, it was all about... Uh, you know, experiencing that ad- adrenaline rush, you know, chasing the drugs and, and that type of thing. But as you said, as you have kids and you experience uh, what uh, life is um, and you realize that you can make a difference um, in the community, it's, uh, it's really neat to, to play a role in that. Good. Well, I'm proud of what you do every day. I think it's, uh, you have a great story. All right, right before, there is still time to clean out your medicine cabinets. So head over to your medicine cabinets, do some spring cleaning, get those unwanted, unused, expired medications, and go drop them off at one of our take-back locations today. They're open from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can find a location near you by visiting www.deatakeback.com. Again, www.deatakeback.com. Saving lives means staying informed. Knowing the dangers of using counterfeit prescription pills can help those you care about and keep our community safe. As a parent, educator, neighbor, or friend, we all play a role in building safe and healthy futures for ourselves and our loved ones. Do your part. Take the first step today. Visit GetSmartAboutDrugs.com to access education, prevention, and treatment resources. Counterfeit prescription pills laced with fentanyl are deadly. Be their protector. Be informed. Visit GetSmartAboutDrugs.com. On May 13th from 10 to 2, Law Matters is hosting National Rifle Association's Refuse to Be a Victim program. The single most important step towards ensuring your own safety is having a personal safety strategy in place before you need it. The Refuse to Be a Victim program teaches the tips and techniques you need to be alerted to dangerous situations and avoid becoming a victim. Register today at lawmatters1030.org's event page. Class will be at Pima Federal Credit Union, 6850 North Oracle. Bring $30 cash or check. Seating is limited. 
To report suspected human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center at 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP or INFO to 233-733. To learn more about Homeland Security investigations and our efforts to combat human trafficking, please visit our website at www.ice.gov or check out the DHS Blue Campaign at www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. For more information on the Southern Arizona Anti-Trafficking Unified Response Network, please visit us at www.saturn.org or find us on Facebook. This is Nathan Chabin, producer for Law Matters. I have a goal to reach and I need your help. I want to put the DEA out of business. That's right, the Drug Enforcement Agency. If you have an addiction problem or know someone who does, please reach out to lawmatters1030.org and click the DEA tab for more information. Reaching out is the first step. We have the resources if you have the will. You can beat this demon and help me put the Drug Enforcement Agency out of business. Thanks for having me back. Let's move on to Special Agent Sam. Thanks for being with us today. And can you take a minute, Sam, and tell us a little bit about you and your career? Uh, good morning, ma'am. Uh, like you said, uh, my name is Special Agent Sam. Uh, I started uh, my law enforcement career kind of early. Um, I grew up in a law enforcement family. Uh, my grandfather was a chief of police up in Washington State. Uh, I have an older brother that was uh, a police officer also in Washington State. And so I did uh, hundreds of hours of ride-alongs to just experience uh, what it meant to be in law enforcement and to kind of just see the process. Um, So then I went to college uh, and then uh, Washington State University. Um, And then after that, I was just trying to get into the actual field. Um, So I did an internship um, with the police department and then... Finally, uh, after quite a few years of applying, got hired by the Border Patrol. And then uh, as I got hired, they offered me uh, the office of Ajo, Arizona, which, as anybody knows, is out in the middle of nowhere um, with nothing really close to it. So uh, that was in 2011 um, when I was hired. So I went through their academy um, and then, uh, like I said, went to Ajo and began that process. uh, really light, enjoyed Border Patrol. Um, it was a time where, uh, like Justin had talked about, uh, that you could go out on a hike and enjoy it. And uh, I was on ATVs and just there was a, a lot of good camaraderie. Um, however, it was because of being out in the middle of nowhere, I spent a lot of time in different vehicles to to and from work. Um, so I spent about four hours because I lived up a little bit north um, in the vehicle every day on top of 10-hour days. And it just became very strenuous for a long time so um so i did that for seven years and in that process um i was looking for different agencies to hire um and one of my uh ones that definitely was at the top of the list was the dea so when in 2018 i got the call saying that i had gotten the position i was ecstatic um and because the for one of the main reasons was just because of the opportunities that the dea provided so So, yeah, that's kind of my experience. And then uh, you work now in the Tucson office. Did you request that? How did you get to Tucson? Uh, So, as Melissa said, they've kind of changed up the process a little bit um, to the benefit, I believe, of of the DEA. Uh, I actually went to the academy uh, without knowing where I was going to go. So that's a little scary. 
Uh, my wife still may be upset with me. <laughs> um, but, uh, and so when we got to the academy, we started, I, I believe it was eight weeks in when we finally um, were given a list of how many of our individuals were in the class. Um, and then we were able to put in our top three. And so uh, my wife was currently in school. And so the best opportunity for us was Tucson. And luckily enough, I was selected for that position, which I've enjoyed thoroughly. Now, what are your long-term plans? What's what's next for you with DEA? Uh, so the great thing about DEA is the opportunities that are within DEA. Um, they have uh, legitimately, there are so many different opportunities from overseas travel um, to being stationed overseas uh, you have the different, so we have an SRT, which is our special response team. Um, and so there, currently right now, I am completely satisfied with being in Tucson, um, raising my family, and then also to just be, I'm on the special response team, and then just the casework that is here in Tucson. Um, but in the future, I would like to uh, potentially do an overseas uh uh, not stay, but overseas assignment. Um, and then also to um, just both having the ability to go to different states, uh, looking to see uh, what other states and what other experiences I could have. All right, let's talk a little bit about Quantico because Quantico is where DEA agents go to train. Can you tell us a little bit about your Quantico experience and did you love the academy? Uh, so it was technically my third academy. So um, I wouldn't say that I was ecstatic about going there, but looking back on the experiences that I had there, uh, the training that I received um, and the camaraderie that I built with my classmates, I would definitely say it was one of the best academies that I've been to. Um, so I, I'll just go. I mean, the, the DEA has a state-of-the-art training facility, um, which, like you said, is on Quantico, Virginia, on the the Marine Corps base, and uh, and I know that they've changed the length of it a little bit in the last couple of years. I think the sixteen weeks is a a, a, a good amount of time to um, train and to receive the training, but also to to balance not being away from a lot of individuals that have families. Um, and then, as far as they, you do have to stay at the academy, um, but it's worth it like i said before about the camaraderie and and stuff that you build with your classmates um you're referred to as a bat which is a basic agent training um you receive in-depth training on undercover operations surveillance uh confidential source management drug recognitions how to interview how to interrogate uh, a lot of legal training uh, and then one of the things that I learned the most of, um, which I didn't really receive as much in depth from the Border Patrol and from other academies, was um, the, what you call CQB or uh, execute, execution of search warrants and arrest warrants. Um, that training was uh, the individuals that were teaching it were phenomenal. Um, I, there's multiple names that come to my mind um, immediately that I, I still look up to to this type day just based upon their tactics and their ability to um, display leadership in every different position. So you talked a little bit about the special response team, the SR- SRT. Can you tell us uh, a little bit more about that? What 
what does that require? Can you join that team when you first come on as a special agent? Uh, is that elite? Is it special? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's something that I'm proud to say that I'm a part of. Um, in when I first was hired, um, I and then I got to Tucson. I saw the team, and it was something that I definitely was looking at as uh, being something that I wanted to shoot for and to um, get onto it. It's a uh, a team of individuals that are um, extremely motivated. Um, I think that they're some of the hardest workers in DEA because not only are they continued to uh, do their cases and be consistent with that, but they also have to uh, show up for all the extras. Um, and so being a part of individuals that really focus on wanting to work hard, um, it's something that I've always um, been appreciative of. Um, the teamwork that's uh, built in that team, uh, because we're constantly training, we're constantly working together um, and doing a high volume of ops, It's you have an amazing, as previously described, almost a second family um, that you can really enjoy and be a part of. And, and uh, yeah. Um, and then I would say, too, that uh, the we get to do some really cool things uh we're flying around in helicopters on different opportunities uh we have to get to do a lot of the higher threat ops that uh, some of the local groups that are more than capable uh, may not want just because they aren't able to do all the extra training because of other case stuff that they have to always be doing um it's just uh it's fun it's it's a, a time that i really enjoy and again the family side of it is very important to me uh, very well articulated. So this sounds like an exciting job. Can you talk about your typical day? Tell us about Special Agent Sam. You wake up in the morning. What happens? All right. Well, as Justin had said, it, the day-to-day is very, very different. However, I think that's one of the coolest things about the job. Um, previously with the Border Patrol, like you kind of knew what you were doing um, on a daily basis. You knew your schedule with DEA. Uh, it can be it can vary so much um which is good and then also too that which is awesome about it as justin was talking about his family is that uh it gives you flexibility um to do different things throughout the day that you wouldn't be able to do if you were at a typical nine to five job so i i think that's a, a huge benefit of the job um so typical day for me is uh i wake up um uh, for my mental mindset, I need to go to the gym. So I typically go to the gym. Um, I know that some people are able to do it in nights, and um, but I'm a morning guy. So, um, and then I, uh, as soon as I get done with that, then I, um, I'm typically either working out at the office or at another location, um, which I will say most offices do have gyms for those that are interested in that. So that's nice. Um, and then uh, uh, kind of check in with my group. Um, to see what the plan is for that day. Um, there's typically have to, a little bit of paperwork in the morning, the dreaded paperwork. Um, but at the same token, we have uh, the ability to go out into the field and kind of do what we want. So there's days where I'm doing surveillance. Uh, there's days where I'm uh, doing serving search warrants for either the group or for the, the SRT team. Um, we do a lot of buy bus um, where... Uh, previously, in, uh, we've been setting up different deals, um, doing buys um, from different individuals in the community that are selling drugs. Um, 
and, and then or I'm there's times where I'm you do have to do uh, some of the paperwork where you're but it also can be exciting because it's you're doing affidavits and for search warrants and for tracking of phones and tracking of cars um, and then I would say another huge part of uh, my day would be also too is uh, handling or dealing with confidential informants or sources um, that that is a huge aspect of DEA and I think it's one of our most vital components that has led to our success is the um, the correct way of handling those situations and those individuals um, to save lives and to get in people off of the streets that uh, shouldn't be there and that are affecting and hurting our society. I know for me, DEA was such a draw because I was really focused on the worst of the worst and i really enjoyed uh, the hunt mm-hmm. the uh, the tracking of a really bad person and then the justification of getting them removed and so knowing that that person would not be allowed to hurt my community my country my family really gave me a, a lot of pride when you go home and look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day are you proud of yourself? Uh, yes, but at the same token, I'm can be extremely hard on myself um, because I want to do more. Um, I have seen and been a part of uh, different situations where people were victims and where people were extremely uh, hurt and taken advantage of. And so when you see that on a daily basis, uh, you want to do more so it's so yes but it also too is a driving factor to keep on doing more and do better so i know you've been with with dea for for a little bit of time now are there any other assignments that dea offers that you know of um that are available for for somebody looking for some some career enhancement uh there are a couple that come to mind uh one of the biggest ones that um, I don't. I didn't really know the significance of it before uh, actually being hired and being on the job for a little bit. Um, is the overseas capabilities that we have? So we are in. Uh, we have one of the largest footprints um, out of all uh, federal agencies. Uh, we're in ninety-three foreign offices in sixty-nine countries. So, with that being said, you have an amazing opportunity to see the world um, if you so desire. Um, there are different opportunities to where you can either take a permanent position in one of those position, uh, spots for multiple years, or you can do different uh, temporary duty uh, assignments. Um, now, it, if you want to go overseas, I'm sorry, real quick, uh, do you have to know a foreign language? If I wanted to go to Colombia, for instance, do I have to know Spanish before I go? No. Uh, in fact, uh, my part, old partner that I used to work with is currently in language school right now. So once you've been selected for that position, um, DEA will pay for you to have individualized uh, language school, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. Even like an obscure language, like I, I can't think of an obscure language, but something that's spoken in the country that I'm going to. Yes. Fantastic. Anything else? Uh, yes. The, the other one that was really exciting for me to hear, and they actually taught this in the academy, um, was our aviation division. Um, I th- it's something that's very specialized to DEA that 
uh, I think is pretty awesome to have the opportunity to where a special agent, um, they all they have to do is two years in the field as a, an agent, but then they can apply for it and be assigned to um, aviation. And so uh, a lot of times people are like, oh, I have to have my you know full-on license to do rotary or fixed wing. Um, all they require excuse me, all they require is that you have your fixed wing basic, which is anybody can get, and then they actually teach you and lead you into accomplishing all the different pilot's licenses that you can achieve. That's fantastic. I know I, for a while I was stationed in Miami uh, where there's a lot of water, unlike Arizona, and uh, we also hired uh, boat captains, and so we had a lot of special agents that captained vessels which I thought was fascinating. And how fun is that for a day at work? Um, All right, one more question. So what advice would you give someone who is thinking about joining our team and becoming a DEA special agent? Oh, that's a good one. Um, So I would say never give up on the process. Uh, As Melissa talked about earlier, um, when I had a, applied um it used to take a lot longer i think it took me about five years to get hired um so thankfully they've fixed that process of getting it done within a year or close to it um i think that's a pretty quick turnover compared to a lot of law enforcement currently um so i would say just don't give up on it uh keep pushing for it uh work hard um and then uh be successful at your current position too uh, the things that we learn wherever we are, sometimes we're unsatisfied with our current position. But if you keep working hard every day, it's going to pay off. Uh, what you learn in those moments and those opportunities will be the what makes you successful in this job if you, when, if and when you get it. So. so speaking of moments, I know for me, I had a moment in my life where I knew that this is the job that I wanted. And I was a, an intern, this is a long time ago, um, in Milwaukee with, with DEA. And they let me uh, sit with them and, and do a, a by-bus operation. And I got to watch firsthand the agents kind of swarm in and, uh, and it was a controlled del- delivery actually, and sw- swarm in and, and take custody of this, this package and these gentlemen. And um, in that moment, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And I, I asked the, the special agent who I was riding with that day when he got back in the car with me, like, what do I have to do to get this job? Because this is what I want to do every day. It, it was that moment for me. So to the whole panel, uh, to all the agents in the room, did you guys have a moment? Did you have an epiphany where you thought, this is the career that I want? This is what I want to do every day in law enforcement? Sam, I'll start with you. <laughs> Thanks for starting with me. Uh, I would say for me, it was my family involvement, um, wanting to continue that legacy that my grandfather had started, um, and then my brother had also continued. And then I just, I would say the the fun that I saw them having, and the fun as an intern too that I had, um, and to see that that you're actually making an impact is what were the the main things that contributed to me and then i would say once you're in it then you realize that it's the best job in the world and then you also realize too that it's we're pretty doggone lucky that we get to 
get in somewhat vehicle chases. We get to smash doors. We get to train. Only from people who deserve to have their doors <laughs> Absolutely. smashed. Absolutely. I need to Absolutely. add that as a caveat. Smash doors for <laughs> on warrants, I should yes. I say. Um, and then just the, the camaraderie um, and the fun that we get to have as a team and as a family. Yeah, I, for me, I, I uh, every day I, I feel like it's fun. And, and that was probably not a big selling point when you're trying to tell people this is a great job. But if you go to work and you're having fun, it's not really work mm-hmm. at some point. How about you, Melissa? Did you have an epiphany? Did you have a moment? Mine started much earlier, I would say. I was, <laughs> uh, I grew up not really being into dolls and, um, you know, the typical girl stuff. I was more of a tomboy playing cops and rock or robber. Um, wanting to play spy and they had a career day uh, they had lot different law enforcement people that came into our school and I met a DEA agent and then I um, about a year or two later uh, we we were all in class and the teacher went around asking everyone what they wanted to be when they grew up and I said I wanted to be a DEA special agent I was about 14 at the time and everyone laughed at me and I thought, what, what did I say that was just so funny? And I thought about it and I realized they were laughing at me because they didn't think I could do it. And so I think it was that drive that made me want to prove those people wrong. And um, going back and seeing a lot of the friends I had uh, at that time and the disappointing paths that they've taken in life that... Um, were not good choices some of them got into drugs and um it was just um really disheartening to see but it were it was mostly those people who who laughed at me who said i couldn't do it that did not make good choices in life and so i feel fortunate that is great and inspiring and i love that you just told that story because i really think that recruitment starts in a moment right and part of it is just knowing that this job is available if you want this job you can work hard enough to get it how about for you justin did you have a a moment so i don't think there was a particular moment um i don't know i know i was always interested in law enforcement um but i I don't know kind of a mama's boy a little bit and my mom was you know wanting me in a career that is always safe, right? And so I, I think she was probably afraid of, you know, me joining the military or getting into law enforcement. But, uh, you know, like we talked about it a little bit earlier, ma'am, um, you know, we just, something is built into us that we know we want to make a difference. And as, you know, I started my career in the Border Patrol, and it, even early on in the academy, um, just kind of thriving in that environment uh it i knew it was the place for me and uh grateful for the opportunity of the dea to to really feel like i'm making a difference uh previously is um in the different jobs that i've had um providing for my family and you know growing as an individual um sometimes it's hard to feel like you're really making a difference um in others lives and i in the DEA, I really think that you can kind of broaden your circle of influence, right? And and really make a change for good. 
What about domestic moves? Let's, I know we talked a little bit about overseas. Um, if I am currently stationed in Nogales and I take my first duty assignment in Nogales, I know that I have to spend five years in that Nogales office. And then what are my opportunities? Can I promote? When is when is that timing? Melissa, why don't you take that one? Well, and that I'm glad you brought that up because we do have a hard-to-fill uh, incentive policy for individuals who do select some of the offices, say, along the southwest border that um, we need um, vacancies filled. If they serve four years at that hard-to-fill office, they can rotate out after four years um, with an office selection throughout the country. As long as there's availability, they can choose three locations to move to. If they did five years, they get two offices to choose from. If they do six years at that hard-to-fill office, they can rotate out with their number one choice. As long as there's a vacancy in that office and the government will pay to move them there. So many agents will strategically use that policy to get somewhere they want to stay for the rest of their career um, if that opportunity isn't presented to them initially when they apply. And then what about promotion opportunities? Is there an opportunity to promote? Yes. Uh, after five to 10 years, I would say, um, once you reach um, for our agency, obviously the the journeyman maxes out at a level 13. So that's the highest you can go without promoting is a level 13. And then after that, if you want to promote into management um, after uh putting in for those positions that are advertised throughout the country. Uh, If you are selected for one of those positions, you would move to that location. And then um, at some point during your managerial experience, um, oftentimes you have to do what's considered headquarters time, and then you would relocate to an office or to D.C. to complete that headquarters time. All right, well... Thank you all for being here today. That hour flew by. We're coming close to the end of the hour. I hope that everyone listening will talk to your friends, your families, and your neighbors about the conversation you heard here today. If you know someone who would be a good fit as a DEA special agent, they or you should go to DEA.gov and look under the careers tab. We're looking for people who are brave, courageous. You know who they are. Also, please keep talking about the dangers of fentanyl pills being sold out on the streets. Remember, one pill can kill. They are poison. One pill, one time. No second chances. I remain hopeful that by all of us working together, we will turn this around. And there is still time to clean out your medicine cabinets and drop them off at our at our take-back locations today. They're open from 10 a.m., to 2 p.m. and you can find a location near you by visiting www.deatakeback.com. I'm Sherry Oz. Thanks for listening.